kid's so cute, ain't she? I'll tell you what. Good to be in church. I like Sunday morning, but I really like Sunday night. I don't know why. I just do. Of course, I like it when we're all done, too. But, hey, I'm the preacher, so I got to say that and go home. And Well, we can't even watch NASCAR anymore. It's over. My guy didn't win, so. Amen. I know, a real fruitful conversation there. So you forgive me, your pastor is very, very human. John chapter 17, you don't have to turn there because we're going to turn about probably 100 places. Just kidding. John chapter 17, verse 17, the Bible says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And uh, we've been spending the last three weeks studying about the Holy Spirit. We only have about nine more to go, ten more to go. And uh, you might wonder why. And you know, when you study the word and when you read the word, it sets you apart. It sets you apart. And what you and I need, uh, besides reading and studying the book, is to be set apart for the Lord's use. And this is one way you can do it. This is one way you can get set apart. This is one way you can uh, continually be sanctified and set apart for His use. And uh, so this is lesson number four. Uh, properly known, I suppose, if you're all technical, dogmatic theology. It's called pneumatology. Pneuma. Pneumatology, lesson number four, the deity and names of the Holy Spirit. The deity and names of the Holy Spirit. And now in lesson one, we introduce to God the Holy Ghost. Uh, lesson number two is the personality of the Holy Spirit. And lesson number three, we began uh, dealing with the deity of the Holy Spirit. When we say deity, we simply mean that the Holy Spirit is God. He's not a demi-urge or semi-urge or some kind of urge or whatever. As known in the Arian heresy, that would be your Jehovah False Witnesses uh, that even uh, paid the parsonage a visit the other day. But uh, the Holy Spirit is God. He's deity. He is God. So here we pick up the final installment of the deity of the Holy Spirit and move into the names of the Holy Spirit. And before we get in, let's pray. Father, we sure love you. and thank you for Jesus Christ. Father, we pray now that you bless what we're trying to do here. And Father, we're trying to learn more about you. And Father, we love your word, and Father, we pray that you bless your word now as it's taught and as it's preached. And Father, I pray that you'd undertake for me where I can't do what you called me to do. I pray that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you fill your people with the Holy Spirit. And Father, would you open our eyes and behold wondrous things out of thy law. Father, we long for your soon return. It sure would be nice to get out of here tonight. Father, if we can't, I pray that you keep us faithful to your return in Jesus' name. Amen. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are separate, as you know, separate, distinct persons. And the Holy Spirit is said to be, in what we would call this systematic study, uh, subordinate to the Father and the Son. But it's not subordinate in, uh, it's not subordinate, uh, in a uh, vertical level. It's subordinate. I'll make sure this is the right marker to write on here with. <laughs> be Sharpie, my, my luck, you know. But he's subordinate in list only. In the scriptures, you have the Trinity listed out several times. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, you have God the Father, he's first. You have God the Son, he's second. You have God the Holy Spirit, he's third. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, you have God the Son, he's first in the list. Uh, God the Father, he's second in the list. And God the Holy Spirit, he's third 
unless so he's subordinate, but it's on a horizontal level. It's not a vertical level. If you put them on a vertical level, that'd be there's three different gods. But it's, it's horizontal. It's one God, three persons, three offices, three distinctions, three sets of responsibilities. Uh, for example, <coughs> he's subordinate. In John chapter 14, verse 26, the Father sends the Holy Spirit to the earth and he obeys the command. That's John 14, 26. And then again in John 15, 26, the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he sends the Holy Spirit to the believers, to the church. And of course he goes and he, he's subordinate. Uh, and in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of God. Therefore, the Holy Spirit, we know, and you know this, he speaks not of himself, not from himself, but he repeats that which he hears. Look at John chapter 16 real quick. John chapter 16. Many of these scriptures should become soon second nature to you, and I hope you get extremely familiar with them. John chapter 16, verse 13. After all, uh, there's two ways that you learn. Uh, you learn, as some of you are teachers here tonight, you learn by... Contrast, and then you learn by repetition, and you repeat the matter until you learn it. Amen? That's why it's important to repeat the right thing. <laughs> Amen? They say practice makes perfect, only if your practicing is perfect. Amen? John 16, 13, we read this, The Holy Spirit shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he, that shall he speak. You see that? You know what this is? This is true humiliation. And it's condescension, and it reminds us that uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ was on this earth, he did always those things which pleased the Father. And he himself was in subjection to the Father. And he said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9, he says, I come to do thy will, O God. So although the three, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are equal, they are, in fact, subordinate to each other and working out of God's purpose in the universe. Uh, like we said, we can say that God the Father is first. That's true. We can say God the Son is second. That is also true. And we can say that God the Holy Spirit is third. But we can only say that on a horizontal level, not on a vertical level. Uh, it's, uh, it's not God the Father at the top and God the Holy Spirit at the bottom. That's not how it goes. It's an order of procession on an equal level. I'll say it again. It's an order of procession on an equal level. One God, three persons. The Father sent the Holy Spirit to the earth. The Son sends the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit never refers to himself. You see how he's subordinate? He's at the end of the list, but yet he's, he's equal. And he testifies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's very important in today's age. And last week we looked at a number of the offshoots that come with the heresy and the heretical teaching. When you get the Trinity messed up, you get in a real bunch of trouble. And when you get the Trinity messed up, the next thing you know, it's not just, uh, you can't just say charismatic anymore. Because that thing has produced, uh, and I say this uh, not to be crude or perverse, it has created such bastard children in religion. And as you, if you were here last week, you saw that breakdown of what the Jesus Only movement from 1960 to 1980 produced. And uh, we, it, the four main branches that come out of the Jesus movement, which produced another 24 each, was things like Calvary Chapel, Victory Outreach, uh, uh, and so forth and so on, and different ones. And from there, it just keeps, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. 
And you say, well, what is their whole source of meaning? A misconception of the Trinity. And they focus on the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. And as we see, the Spirit doesn't speak of Himself. All those individuals there, they might love the Lord. Many of them, I'm sure, are saved. And they're sincere as the day is long. But they're more interested in talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And do you know what the Spirit did for me? And can I tell you how I'm filled with the Spirit? Well, the Spirit in the Bible never speaks of Himself. The Spirit always talks about Jesus Christ. So therefore, and naturally, people who talk the most about the Spirit, they know the least amount of the Spirit at all. All right, so the, it's, uh, when you talk about God the Holy Ghost, He might be third, He is subordinate, but is always on a horizontal level. And that's important for you to know. Now, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to magnify Jesus Christ, not Himself, as you know. In John 16, 14, we read this. <clears throat> Uh, he shall glorify me. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. The job of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus Christ. The job of the Holy Spirit is never to speak about himself. So the work of the Holy Spirit then is never to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's interesting. Boys and I were doing some shopping in Saginaw the other day, and a fellow, he's a really nice guy, gave us a great deal on some, some dress duds, and he talked about... Uh, being saved, I don't even know how that conversation, I think I asked him, I think I, I just flat out asked him, are you saved, <laughs> something like that, <laughs> pennies, you know, and he's like, yeah, I received the Spirit, and then he went on about the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, and then I got the initial evidence of having the Holy Ghost and a spoken tongue, I said, you did, eh, and uh, it was an interesting conversation nonetheless, but the name of the Holy Spirit follows the other two, and the three are linked together in one sentence, there's two scripture references up there at the top, we just covered Matthew 28, 19, and 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. That just shows you that the Holy Spirit is subordinate on a horizontal level. All right, for uh, let's move on. The whole misconception of the Trinity, as we've been trying to get you to understand in lesson 2 and 3, has to do with two verses in the New Testament, two verses, John chapter 10, verse 30, and John chapter 14, verse 9. And John chapter 10, verse 30 says that I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. John 14, 9 says, He that has seen me has seen the Father. So that group uh, back there in the 1800s started by uh, 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 Russell and Judge Rutherford, uh, uh, now known as the Jehovah's False Witnesses. Uh, it's, called, it's a stem off the Arian heresy. And they believe there's two created gods. And the Holy Spirit is not God. They teach is just an urge or a demiurge or a semi, whatever, you know, something eating tacos or something like that. But as we covered in lesson number two, I'm going to get with the program here. I'm just trying to bring you up to speed here. There are certain titles that are reserved for God the Father that are never given to the Son. Did you catch that? And there's, by the same token, there are certain titles for the Son that are not given the Father or the Spirit. And likewise, there are certain titles. The Holy Spirit has certain names and titles that apply to him that apply to no other person in the Godhead. Now, I know this is pretty fundamental and pretty simple, but it's important to understand because the Father is not Jesus, and Jesus is not the Father, and the Father is not the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is not the Father. For example, you see here number one, some names of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is simply called the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Bible says, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You see that? 
Not only that, in Isaiah chapter 11, or John chapter 3, verse 6, he's called the Spirit. The Spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Uh, he's called in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, the Spirit of God. Isaiah 11, 2 says, And the Spirit of God shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So he's called the Spirit of the Lord. Over in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, he's called the Spirit of the Lord God. I underline here, and, and uh, your Bible might be a little bit different. I know there's some variations, but where I've got that line under there, the Bible has it capitalized. Now, that's not a, you know, something to base your eternal security on because I know some Bibles differ. So if yours is differing, it could be a difference between whether you have a Cambridge Bible or an Oxford Bible. You say, which one is right? They're both right. <laughs> Amen. Uh, no, no, nothing to argue about here. All right, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, uh, the Bible says that the name of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the living God. We're telling you there's just titles, there's names for the Holy Spirit that don't belong to any other part of the Godhead but the Holy Spirit himself. The Bible says there in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.3, it says, For as much as you manifestly declare to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Moving on to Romans chapter 8, verse 9, the next one on the list here. Romans 8, 9, the Bible says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, notice that, another name for the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of Christ. It says, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And of course on this list, the last one down here, and number 7 on this part of the list here, he's called the Spirit of his Son. That's Galatians chapter 4. And verse 6, just showing you several things. And we've got oh, oh, 19 of them here on the board. The names of the Holy Spirit that belong only to the Holy Spirit that don't belong to anybody else. And we're telling you that the, the Holy Spirit is God. And he has titles and names that belong only to him. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son, capital S-O-N, into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. Now, these are only about one-third of the titles uh, given to the Holy Spirit. But if you and I are faithful and serious about studying the Bible, we should be able to quickly grasp the fact that Jesus Christ is never referred to as the Spirit of the Lord God. Did you catch that? I just said that Jesus Christ is never referred to as the Spirit of the Lord God. That's a title that belongs to the Holy Spirit. Again, Jesus Christ is never referred to as the Spirit of the living God. That's the title of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is never referred to as the Spirit of His Son. Therefore, to make all three members of the Trinity equal and then try to talk about Jesus only is nothing but heresy and will get you off in the ditch somehow. All right? By the same token, to subordinate the Father to the Son would also be a heresy. Or the Son to the Holy Ghost. Uh, both sides will get you in the ditch. That's Matthew chapter 25. And as the old preacher said, three and one and one and three and the one in the middle died for me. That's what it is. Now God the Holy Spirit, uh, he is all 100% God. And God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit composed the Godhead of one God, manifest in three persons. I know some of this is dry. That's why I'm trying to move it. Amen. 
Some of the stuff is just flat out clerical, but it's necessary. And each one is manifest in three persons, each one distinct person that has titles belonging exclusive to him. For example, God the Father is never referred to anywhere in the Bible as the Comforter. You see what I mean? Uh, God the Father is never referred to as the Holy Spirit. Now continuing on with the names of the Holy Spirit, let's pick up number eight. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 19, the Bible says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. It's good to know the titles of the Holy Spirit, lest you get confused in your Bible reading. All right, not only that, the Bible uh, says the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Burning. The Spirit of Burning in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 4. The old prophet says, When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the Spirit of Judgment and by the Spirit of Burning. That's the Holy Spirit. Now know that, Romans chapter 1, verse 4. Romans chapter 1, verse 4, we're on number 10. The Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of Holiness. The Spirit of Holiness. The Bible says in Romans 1, 4, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of Holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You say, who's the Spirit of Holiness? That's the Holy Spirit. That's a title given to Him. Not only the Spirit of Holiness, but in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible gives one of the titles of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit of Promise. The, that Holy Spirit of Promise. That's a title given to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.13, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of Promise. Isn't that a blessing? Three different places here, John 14, 17, 15, 26, and John 16, 13, the Holy Spirit is given the title as the Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth. Now I give this to show you that the Holy Spirit, regardless of His deity, is subordinate to the Father and Son on a horizontal level with special offices, special works, special names, special titles, which are exclusively His own. Exclusively His own. That's why it's called pneumatology. The study of the Holy Spirit, exclusively His own and do not belong to the Father or Son. It is certainly apparent as uh, those who study the Bible that the names given to the Holy Spirit do not match the Son. Amen? The Lord Jesus Christ is never called the Holy Spirit. He is never called the Spirit. He is never called the Spirit of Jehovah. He's, uh, Jesus Christ is never called the Spirit of the living God. Jesus Christ is never called the Spirit of burning. Jesus Christ is never called the Spirit of Holiness, and He's never called the Holy Spirit of Promise. Continuing further with the names of the Holy Spirit, they're picking up a number 13, Romans chapter 8, verse 2. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Life. The Spirit of Life. Now you want to talk about an injection of Scripture into your spiritual veins, this will do it for you. I'm so thankful the Bible says, you are clean through the Word which I have spoken you. Because we're speaking a lot about this book tonight, amen? And I know some of it's dry as cracker juice, but this stuff should set you free, man. <laughs> it should give you the ammunition you need to understand that the Holy Spirit is 100% God. He has special titles, special offices, special works, and special names that belong to nobody but Him. He's equal with God, but He's subordinate on a horizontal level. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 2. 
The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of life. The Bible says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. In uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, He's called a handful of things. He's called the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. He's called the Spirit of counsel and might. These are special titles given to the Holy Spirit of God. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29, he's called the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace. The Bible says, Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified in holy thing and hath done despite unto the spirit, capital S-P-I-R-I-T, of grace. That's the title given to the Holy Spirit. That's Hebrews 10, 29. 1 Peter chapter 4, 14, continuing further and almost done with this list, he is called the spirit of glory. The spirit of glory. Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 14, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Now one we looked at last week, I'll have you take a peek at real quick, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. Coming through about 10, 15, 20 years of reading the Bible, many years reading it through at least one time and trying to learn the Bible and going through Bible classes and sitting under hours and hours of preaching in my own local church and going through Bible institutes and uh, assuming that I had learned some things and maybe picked up some things, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me and said, how much do you know about me, boy? <laughs> I said, well, you know, I know quite a bit, you know, just ask me. <laughs> and then I come across a bunch of things I didn't know. You have an inexhaustible book in your lap. And I could think of nothing else better to do in the Christian life besides to study that book and to study to show ourselves approved unto God. It'll help you. It'll strengthen your faith. It'll solidify you. It'll ground you and it'll root you. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. The Bible says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You see that? Who through the eternal Spirit, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal... You see that the Holy Spirit, he's active in the crucifixion. He's active in salvation. Through the eternal Spirit, God the Father accepted the sacrifice... He's active in redemption. God the Son was the one that shed His blood, redeeming our soul from sin. And it was through the eternal Spirit that that blood was accepted. And He's called the eternal Spirit. The eternal Spirit. And a couple ones that you're very familiar with, John chapter 14, 26, and John 15, 26, which we have quoted and read every single time we've been together now, four weeks in a row. He is called the Comforter. The Comforter. He's called the Comforter. Last but not least, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the oil of gladness. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And again, we go through these quickly so I don't put you all to sleep, but yet it's on the board because we are moving quickly so you can take some notes and you can take this stuff home. And you know what I would encourage you to do? I would encourage you to look up every reference. You see, because it's the job of the Holy Spirit to bring to mind what the Christian puts in his eyes through that book. And like we said it before, a lot of Christians never have any recall. They put out a movie back in the 
80s or early 90s called Total Recall. But Christians can't have Total Recall because many Christians never read the book. And the Holy Spirit can't bring to memory what you never put in through your eyes. That's why I would encourage you, go home and look up these passages, look up these verses and read them. And therefore, in the time of need, the Holy Spirit has instant and total recall, instant access to your memory and your mind to bring those things together when you need them and how long you need them for. That being said, those are the names of the Holy Spirit. You should check out the verses very clearly. And these above verses show us how the Holy Spirit is not Jesus Christ. These verses here show you very clearly that these titles are not God the Father. But yet the Holy Ghost, he's a member of the Trinity, a member of the Godhead. Now notice this down in the bottom. I got this thing down here. Uh, the Holy Spirit, he's like a dove. He's like a dove. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, it means the Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit is mild. And, uh, or as James says in James chapter 3, verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. Now that other reference here, John chapter 1, verse 32, talks about the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. You see, he's like a dove. And that dove is gentle. That dove is pure. James chapter 3, verse 17 says it's peaceable. And they say about a dove that he has no, no bile. Is that right? Anybody a zoologist, a, bir a birdologist? <laughs> you know, and they wanted to, they take the purest bird they can and try to make a soap out of it, you know. <laughs> dove is 99.9% .9 whatever. My grandmother used to have that, uh, that dove soap in her, uh, on her uh, sink there. And they smell, that stuff smells like terrible. But anyways, it's supposed to be really good, you know. And the Holy Spirit's like a dove, like a dove. He's gentle and mild. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit is like, to, uh, like a fire. Amen? And he's like a fire. It burns things out, cleanses a thing. And the Holy Spirit, uh, most, important, more, most importantly, he's like wind. Look at John chapter 3. There's a great passage here. John chapter 3, the Holy Spirit's like wind. John chapter 3. Now, if you're going to learn what the Holy Spirit is, you're going to have to learn what he's like. And we talked about that in Sunday school, how you need to study the similitudes of Scripture in the Bible. That's Hosea 12.10. But we're looking at John chapter 3. John chapter 3, we'll look at verses 1 to 9. You ever just stop and think, uh, sometimes our understanding about the Holy Spirit is so... Uh, I don't want to be. I don't want to be cruel. Just so messed up. Sometimes we get the wrong idea about what the Holy Spirit should be doing, and the Holy Spirit's really doing what He has come to do, and we kind of get uh, we kind of get offended by it, right? And then we blame each other. You blame the church. You blame the brethren. You blame the preacher, right? You blame everything else. But the, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but if you go on the far right of that board there, the work of the Holy Spirit is mainly negative. The work of the Holy Spirit is mainly destructive. Take a look at here, John chapter 3. The uh, Bible says in verse 1, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus who ruled the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles except that thou doest except God be with him. Uh, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? 
Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not, I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, uh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And of course, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? See that? That Holy Spirit's like wind. It's like wind. The unseen, mysterious force in regeneration. Uh, you might have been in a church service. We've had some good ones here over the years. And it's almost like something blows in. You say, what is it? It's the Holy Spirit. Now the curtains didn't rattle and the lights didn't dim and there wasn't a fog that set in. And, and nobody spoke in some unknown gibberish. But the Holy Spirit's like wind. He'll blow in. And just as quick as he can blow in, you can do something and blow him right out of here. Amen. And there are many likenesses of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God, but the main ones, of course, are fire and water and wind, especially wind. Consider what we're studying, pneumatology. How many of you work with air tools? Uh, who works with air tools? We're, we're like everyone's batteries, right? <laughs> but pneuma, pneuma, uh, like pneumatic drill. Uh, how about uh, the problem everyone has this time of year, pneumonia? <laughs> That's a problem with your breathing, <coughs> right? That's, that's wind, especially wind. And the pneuma, the pneuma, the Holy Spirit of God, breathes and moves. And you know what? Sometimes the Holy Spirit's movement is a gentle force. It's just gentle. Oftentimes people think if the Holy Spirit's got to show up, everyone's got to be, uh, you know, hooting and hollering. I'll tell you, when I see the Holy Spirit show up, people are quiet. Tears many times are coming down. Sometimes it's gentle. Uh, nature blowing in the spring breezes. Nothing nicer than a cool spring morning, that spring air to come right through the hills and just kind of just blow in there. Sometimes the oh, Holy Spirit, you know what it'll do? It'll be hot. Uh, it'll be the hot blasting breath. Uh, you've got just like the, they call it Sirocco or Sirocco. That's the vehement wind out of North Africa that comes and just devastates everything. You've heard of sriracha, right? That's some kind of hot sauce. Well, that comes, that's a wind that comes out of North Africa. Imagine that, a North African wind, and it burns everything up in its path. The Holy Spirit's like that sometimes. Uh, finally, sometimes the Holy Spirit, he'll come like a north wind. He comes in to freeze a place. Are you listening? He'll come in to freeze a place, and you know what he'll do? He'll freeze that place so solid, he'll drive out the bugs and the pestilence. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. You ever stop and think about that? I know a lot, we're kind of obtuse in our thinking sometimes, thinking that gain is godliness. That's what, I'm a man, you're, you're well, some of y'all are men, some of y'all are ladies, amen. And y'all get to thinking, well, why ain't the Lord doing something? What do you mean, why ain't he doing something? Maybe he's freezing it out. Maybe he saw the crops come up and there are weeds in the crops. And he's like, nope, i got to start over. <laughs> You see what I mean? And out they go. Out they go and level the field. You see what I mean? And the people are going, like, oh, well, well, well. <laughs> and, the, and the Lord's like, you prayed for the Holy Spirit. You honored me. You worshiped me in spirit and truth. I came in and did my work. And just because we don't know how the Holy Spirit works doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's wrong. I'm trying to help you understand when the Holy Spirit works many times is very negative which produces in the long run a positive result.
But he comes in like the north wind. He comes to freeze a place and drive out the bugs. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes in like a tornado. <laughs> and he brings destruction or he brings revival. But it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes the Holy Spirit moves like a hurricane, moving across vast areas. And the Holy Spirit's like wind. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit, he's like water. He's like water. Look at John chapter 7. Look at these couple of verses. We're coming to a close here. Quick lesson tonight. Help you learn more about the deity of the, and the names of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 7. Look at verse 38. 38 and 39. Now I'll start at verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now there's a place in your Bible you're going to have to take the thing figuratively, amen? <laughs> now isn't that funny? Uh, you know, people are so literal. You know, I'm sure somewhere someone started a doctrine, you know, the doctrine of the, my belly's got water coming out of it. <laughs> I'm just so full I got a leak, you know. <laughs> Look at 38, he that believeth on me. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the, you see the likeness to water? Man, you got a good book in your lap. That's refreshing, even though he's like another water, which is refreshing too. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Notice also in that scripture right there, you have two titles given. You have the Spirit and the Holy Ghost. They're not separate. They are the same. All right? <clears throat> because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So the Holy Spirit therefore works like wind or he works like a spring of water, a cleansing force in our sanctification, uh, a thirst-quenching ministry for the man who's thirsty. You ever just stop and consider and ask yourself, am I thirsty for what the Lord has? See what I mean? Are you thirsty? Well, the Holy Spirit can cleanse it. John chapter 4, verse 14. If you look over there, John chapter 4, verse 14, the Bible says, He says, uh, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. In reference to the Holy Spirit of God. And you've got to remember that many times, Many times the Holy Spirit moves like an overflowing river of blessing. And sometimes he floods a place and he drowns out everything in sight. You've got to keep that in mind. And many times the work of the Holy Spirit is very destructive and very negative. As a matter of fact, you can never forget the three primary works of the Holy Spirit in the unsaved world, in the unsaved world, in the unsaved world are all negative right there. I believe that's John chapter 18. I didn't write that reference down. Where's, what is it? John chapter is 8. Look at John 8, 11. Now this is the work of the Holy Spirit to the lost world. Is it 11? No. The one I need I didn't write down. <laughs> is it 16? It's 16. John 16, 11. Back up to uh, verse 8. Verse 7. John 16, 7. The Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not, the Comforter, 
will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, negative, and he'll reprove the world of righteousness, negative, and of judgment, negative. You see that? He says, of sin, because they believe not on me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. And you've got to remember that that's, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit did not come to bless any lost man. You need to understand that. The work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a lost man is completely negative. He comes to reprove the world of sin. He comes to reprove the world of righteousness. And he comes to reprove the world of judgment to come. All three of those are negative. Negative, negative, negative. He doesn't come to bless any lost man. And there can be, you've got to realize this Christian uh, with the Holy Spirit, there can be no building up until there is a tearing down. And there can be no garden. You can't have a garden until you plow it up. And some of you are good gardeners. And if your crops are growing up with weeds and bugs all over it, sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to have to come in and wipe it out with a flood so you can start over. Sometimes at the end of the growing season, the best way to take care of your yard, the best way to take care of a place of vegetation is to burn it to the ground. It comes up nice and green. You see people that have weeds and Johnson grass and crack grass or quack grass or whatever you call that stuff. You know what they do? They torch it. And it comes back the next year beautiful green, doesn't it? All the weeds are gone. Everything's gone. That's why the Holy Spirit's like wind. It's like water. It's like fire. And uh, there can be no garden until there's plowing. You can never forget that the main work of the Holy Spirit in the unsaved world is negative and it's never positive. The idolatrous money-making Christians uh, and money-making celebrities who are hung up on money are always on a positive kick. You say, why are they on a positive kick? Because they're afraid of hurting their income. And thus, because they're afraid of hurting their income, they insult the Holy Spirit and despise His work which is negative. And if some negative work is done, these celebrities, they'll, uh, they'll hate it. They won't want nothing to do with it. They think the only work that can be done is positive. Well, let me tell you what, the very first word that the devil said in the Garden of Eden was positive. Yea, hath God said. <laughs> positive. The main work of the Holy Spirit in the world today has nothing to do with blessing or comforting anybody. You can't plant a garden and grow crops until you've destroyed the ground, until you've tore it up, until you've dynamited it, until you've blasted it, until you've tilled it, until you've plowed it, until you've cut it up, you've harrowed it, cultivated it, and then you've got to throw a bunch of stinky stuff on it to make it grow. And that is the negative work of the Holy Spirit. Now, it is true the Holy Spirit has a positive work in the life of the Christian. But tonight is not that time and place for the lesson. He is the comforter. Amen. He has come to console the Christian. Amen. He has come to guide the Christian into all truth. Amen. And he comes to direct the Christian because in the book of Jeremiah it says, you and I aren't smart enough to direct our own steps. But we'll get more into that in our next lesson, lesson number five, detailing the work, the work of the Holy Spirit. So this will bring lesson number four. I know it was fast, kind of rapid fire succession. You got 19 different titles we've given you here on the deity, finishing up the deity, and the names of the Holy Spirit. And hopefully it's a help and a blessing to you.
All right, why don't you stand? We'll be dismissed in prayer. Good to see Brother Makai here tonight. You pray us home, brother. Amen. Have a great night.